0: Most people think eczema is just a skin condition that you put some cream on and it goes away. But you know what? Eczema is tied to many mental health conditions and autoimmune conditions that last into adulthood. I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're talking about the connection between eczema and physical and mental health, and specifically just how magnesium can support our skin and how magnesium deficiencies can show up. In our skin in other ways. So let's dive in with this amazing conversation with Dr. Anna Marie Temple. Welcome to It's Gonna Be Okay with Dr. Roseanne. I'm really excited because today we have an incredible guest, and we don't have many guests on the show. And it's part of our physician series about the benefits of magnesium. And I have a must listen to must-watch episode with Dr. Anna Maria Temple. She is an expert in all things related to eczema and our skin. And today, this holistic pediatrician extraordinaire, if you're not following her on social, um, we're going to be sharing the links. Please do. She's got some really great tips that she's always sharing. But today, we're going to dive really into that link between eczema and magnesium. And How does magnesium or more specifically, magnesium deficiencies
1: impact our skin? So welcome, Dr. Anna Maria. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it for a while.
0: Well, if this show is as good as the pre-chat, you all are in for a a great episode. And what I love that you have this unbelievable expertise in eczema is because as somebody who works with a lot of kids and adults with chronic conditions like pans and pandas, autoimmune conditions, you know, even people with um, Lyme disease, MS, lupus, you name it, I sort of get them all. Eczema often is one of the first soft signs that people see before they have the onset of really almost like a crisis, Anna Maria, you know, a mental health, a physical crisis. And there's so many myths and misconceptions about eczema. People think it's just a skin thing that you slop some topical cream on and then you're done or if you watch every commercial in the middle of the day, that there's some terrible concoction that causes everything, but somehow your skin looks better. Like you're going to get cancer, you're going to get stomach problems, you're going to get that. So I would love to learn really what is eczema? You know, why does it happen? Let's start there before we talk about all the holistic ways people can do things in the inside to support their skin.
1: So yeah, I love that you said um, that a lot of people focus in just in a skin issue. So eczema is a skin issue. It is an inflammation that we see on the skin and it's itchy, burning, red hot lava, skin, could be oozy, could be crusty, etc. Now, a lot of people are like, well, but I had a little rash and I put a lotion on and therefore it went away. So my eczema was treated with a lotion. Good for you. But what it is, What we're talking about eczema, we're talking about red, itchy, oozy, bleeding skin that does not get better with lotion because eczema is not a lotion deficiency. Eczema is full body inflammation, but it just shows up on the skin. And to your point earlier about being the first sign before you get autoimmune issues or pans or pandas or anxiety or ADHD, all the things, it's because you're right. Eczema is a signal that the immune system is out of control. The immune system is now so confused and it doesn't know what it's doing. So it's attacking the skin. And if we treat it like modern medicine often tells us don't worry about it, the kids will outgrow it, don't worry about it, it's a normal part of childhood, we're going to miss that this is a red flag that we need to pay attention to very carefully in order to avoid other chronic conditions. Fun fact, eczema starts most commonly between three and six months of age. And 20% of kids who have eczema grow up to be adults who have eczema. That's one in five. 60% of kids with moderate to severe eczema develop asthma. 60% of kids with eczema develop seasonal allergies. 30% of kids with eczema develop food allergies. 6% ADHD. And then we have anxiety and we have depression and all the other things because it is an autoimmune system that has gotten out of whack and it just shows up on the skin. And the most common thing that is prescribed by traditional docs is topical steroids. And so the family goes, well, I put topical steroid on it and it got better in 24 hours. Therefore, it's fixed my eczema. No, that's a Band-Aid. Steroids work. Of course they do. So do antibiotics. So do those drugs you mentioned, such as Dupixin. They work in some people, not in 100%, but they work some. But what it is, it's a Band-Aid because once you stop it, it comes back. So if a medication truly works, why do you have to take it for the rest of your life?
0: Bingo, bingo. Hopefully that's an aha moment for people. You said so many powerful things. It's hard to get in there, but like, let's unpack that for a moment. And it makes me think of this girl that I worked with a long time ago. And I do commonly see this in the birth, the developmental history in the first year of life of many of the children that I work with who go on to have, you know, ADHD and whatnot. But I had a girl, she had the worst case of eczema that I had ever read about. And I saw her as probably a 15-year-old. But when she was an infant, she had head-to-toe eczema. They couldn't put a diaper on her because when she would urinate, it would cause all these problems. They did the steroids. They did this. They did that. She wound up developing food allergies, environmental allergies, anxiety, ADHD. And so when... I worked with her all those years later we had it we she was so anxious she had stopped going to school we had to deal with that first but then we had to get her to a functional physician look at some of those pieces and then really help to support her her system so that her skin would get better and you know that eczema was still with her 15 years later and I think that's an important thing that people think oh it's just a skin condition I I get to have it Kim Kardashian has it and she's okay you didn't know that. So I, didn't know uh, that. I did yeah, not know that. Um yeah. Actually she did a whole multiple episodes on it and she talked about it as coming out only during periods of stress and that she had to do all kinds of things to moderate her stress. It's really a reflection of a deeper problem and topical creams are a band-aid. They don't get to the root causes. So talk about some of the reasons why eczema happens. Like, is it hereditary? Is it always stress? Like, why does it show up for some people and not others?
1: Right. So it's it's, that's the hardest part because everyone wants to know what is the one thing? What is the one thing that I can use? What's the one thing that caused? And it's never one thing. That's another misconception because it's usually a giant puzzle piece. They have to put it all together. And if we start with how does a three month old get eczema? Because that's always a a question. Like, But they haven't even lived that long. How can they possibly have an autoimmune condition? Well, it all starts with mom and dad, and I say mom and dad because we need the the owner of the semen and the the egg. And if these guys had a lot of antibiotics when they grew up, and they had ear infections, they had recurrent sinus infections, UTIs, acne, whatever the use, and they had a lot of antibiotic exposure, well, that's going to set both of their gut microbiomes at risk for developing chronic issues. The two microbiomes generally combined, and then then the baby is created in the uterus. Now, mom is a carrier of the the child and the, the uterus. So during pregnancy, did mom have a lot of illnesses? Did she need antibiotics? Did she need antidepressants? Did steroids, vomiting too much height? And what was her nutrition like? Because, you know, in our current culture, it's like, well, don't eat raw, don't cold cuts and no, <laughs> yeah, um, no, sushi. Right, and no sushi and uh, no raw dairy and uh, you're good. And so no one talks about the fast food. And all the cravings, in fact, celebrate cravings for pregnant women. And we're like, oh, she needs ice cream again. And we eat ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Well, that's a ton of sugar that we're putting in the body. And I can't tell you how many women suffer with recurrent yeast infections. And they're like, I've never had yeast infections. It's just a pregnancy thing. I'm like, or could it be dietary related because you're eating so much sugar, which is feeding the yeast. All that sugar is also going to the fetus, which is, in its turn, changing the fetus's microbiome structure, exposing the fetus to the yeast. And then, of course, my favorite and yours, stress. I mean, all I have to say, the common example I give is Ice Storm from 1998 from Canada, where hundreds of thousands of people were displaced. And they've conducted a 19-year study in Project Ice Storm, where they followed the pregnant moms that were displaced and compared them to moms in Canada who were pregnant at the same time. But not affected by the ice storm. And they found that following these kids out for 19 years, increase in eczema, asthma, ADHD, autism, cancer, diabetes, neurological development issues, the list goes on because the stress during the pregnancy can have a huge impact on what's going on the fetus. And then how were we delivered? Were we c-section? Were we vaginal delivery? My firstborn was breached. And she was um, C-section. She had eczema, asthma, allergies, recurrent ear infection, chronic constipation, the works. I pushed two other babies out vaginally and they had significantly less issues. I mean, it was night and day, uh, the two sets of delivery because one was C-section, never got the vaginal flora, got antibiotics immediately because C-sections are major abdominal surgery versus the other two goobers that came out through the vagina and got exposed to my poop and my vagina and all the fun things that no one wants to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> and then, you know, as the babies are born and they live, they sometimes have reflux and they they cry. So we say it's teething and we give them Tylenol. Did mom have Tylenol during pregnancy? Because Tylenol puts you at risk for eczema. Did the baby have a lot of Tylenol when they were little? Because that puts you at risk for eczema. What about antibiotics? We have a strong link between antibiotics and eczema. And a lot of people listening may go, what? That's complete BS. Yes, what are you talking about? Because when you Google what are the root causes of eczema, generally speaking, per Google, which is, by the way, censored. You're going to see, oh, uh, maybe environmental, maybe your dog, maybe pollen, but just an autoimmune and a genetic issue. However, if you Google, do antibiotics increase risk of eczema, different search comes up. Does Tylenol increase the risk of eczema? Boom, go and put in PubMed. And you're like, what? So there's these true links that we just, or anti-reflux medications in babies.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Right? Like, Which, holy because- moly, they hand them out, you know, like Skittles.
1: Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's so many other things like all that everybody needs. So we are not looking at the long term effects of these medications mm-hmm. in children, which many of them are not even FDA approved in little babies, but we're giving them out like it's going out of style, and they have long term issues. So that's just the beginning of things. But as the kids get older, of course, they're going to have issues if they have antibiotic recurrent ear infections, RSV, flu, and all the different stuff. So all those things add up on top of. The environmental stress, environmental, other environmental factors. And of course, we have to talk about the skin. Because when we're born, we're born with a neutral pH. Everyone from head to 7.0 pH. But as we are alive, the skin needs to acidify. And the ideal pH of skin is 5.5. 5. But when baby skin remains a 7.0, staph aureus jumps in because mm-hmm. app loves a neutral pH. And staph lives in our nose, in our butts, in our mouth, in our whole body. And it comes out on the skin. And it, we know that 90% of people who are affected by eczema are over colonized by staph. So staph loves a pH. So it attacks the face and you'll, know, you'll see the spots on the children's bodies that are affected. And you can just go, I know that they're not having a normal pH because staph aureus has taken hold.
0: Yeah. Which I think is really important. Also, like we don't we there's so much misinformation about staff and that can be a whole other issue. But there are so many kids that I work with that have pandas and pans and pandas that are not able to get rid of infections. And we don't talk about we talk about the gut. And I think it's new, still new for a lot of people. But we almost never talk about pH levels. And it's something people can do on their own. And they can. There are many things and ways that are we are living our lifestyle the food we put in, the things we drink that can alter our pH in a healthy way, in an unhealthy way. And it's, you know, it's, I always say to my moms, like, instead of getting overwhelmed by the information, get excited about what you can do. You said something really important about doctors giving medication to kids that are off-label. And a lot of people don't have an awakening, like you had an awakening, like my kid's sick. And now, you know, I didn't, didn't know about these things. And I'm going in the holistic route. Ask your physician before they give you something, is this something that has research that's proven to support my child's physical health or mental health? Because we make an assumption that if a physician is recommending, it's okay. And too many things are given to kids off-label with no research efficacy. And that's a problem. And most parents just don't know until they know that it's not working or causing other problems, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. So like, yeah. the common is another co- common symptoms in kids with eczema is actually constipation. And the number one, number one prescribed treatment plan for constipation, <laughs> my friends, is Miralax. Yeah. Miralax is not FDA approved for children under 17. And Miralax has neurocognitive out negative consequences in children, some children. Is it 100% children? No, but there are many children who have been on and Not we're not talking like you had a clean out for 24, 48 hours, whatever. We're talking need, forever. We're talking people that are on a daily. Fun fact, I was on Miralax for 25 years. Daily, 25 years was prescribed to me by a physician as in like, great, it's working. That means that's what you need. I never was taught to question, but if I take this every single day, it is, why is, are we saying it's effective? I was just like, oh, it's working every day. So I just should take it every day. Yeah. Until I had my awakening, I'm like, hold up. Yeah, And so in children with eczema, we give them Miralax, we gave them propylene glycol, which is actually a chemical compound of antifreeze. And we're like, why is their skin so flaring? It is incredible that what happens when we heal our children from the inside and we help them poop with one of the things being magnesium, Yeah, that their skin clears up because when you poop every day on your own, not fake pooping, Mm -hmm. you actually are able to detox. You're able to clean out the situation from the body. When you need a medication to poop, it tells us that the systems are not working properly. And if your gut's not working properly, your skin's not working properly. Your brain we, isn't going to be working properly. And your brain pooping. doesn't work. You know? I treat so many kids who have eczema and the their behavior is not even discussed because they're like, of course, they're stressed. Of course, they're anxious. Of course, they're mad. Of course, they're moody because their skin's a wreck. I'm like, well... Could it also be that their skin's a wreck and their brain's are wreck because the skin is mirroring what's going on in their brain. It's mirroring what's going on in their gut. And the kids get better from eczema and their mood gets better. And then we'll do some food introductions in this example. And the skin stays fine. But the mood goes off the chain and the parents are like, oh, I never knew that actually insert name of food was actually inflaming their brain because you can't tell when it's a complete no. mess in front of you. But the no. poor child is a disaster. So then you're like, uh, I don't know what the thing is, but it's all related. So in the traditional model, we go to dermatologist, allergist, pulmonologist when we have asthma, right, neurologist when we have ner- nervous system issues. We are not going to a doctor that's looking at all the systems because the skin doesn't live in a jar by itself. The skin is connected to the brain and the heart and the lungs and the kidneys and your gut via vessels and system, neurons, It's the largest organ, right? It's the largest organ, but mm-hmm. it's the largest organ that interacts with everything else. So you can't just focus, oh, lotion on skin. And then if you have a micronutrient deficiency, like a magnesium deficiency, and you're like, keep putting steroids on or put lotion on. It's not going to work because you haven't fixed the underlying micronutrient deficiency.
0: Right. So let's talk about, because, you know, this is important and this hopefully, I think this whole episode is a lot of ahas for people because I don't think people prioritize their skin because they don't, unless it's red and oozing and out of control or visible, sometimes they're just they're you know, we're in a culture of, you know, well, they're getting to school and they're getting decent grades and this is okay. So I don't need to prioritize it. And like we go into a crisis mode, right? We want to be proactive and like you said, heal from the inside. But let's talk about magnesium deficiencies and how it shows up. What does it look like? How is magnesium related to eczema? How can it improve it? What does a deficiency look like? Let's talk about that connection between magnesium and eczema and skin conditions.
1: Got it. I mean, you know, we're going to have to try to keep it brief. So <laughs> <laughs> I but on for like literally a couple of hours. But okay, let's start with the basics. So we already, I already talked about constipation. So if we're constipated, it could be that your child is a magnesium deficiency. If your child wakes up in the middle of the night with or without eczema, it could be that they have a magnesium deficiency. If you don't poop, your skin's gonna flare. If you don't sleep, your skin's going to flare. If you're itching and scratching and bleeding and oozing, it could be a magnesium deficiency because magnesium actually helps stabilize the mast cells. The mast cells are white blood cells that are normal to have in our body. These mast cells inside them have histamines. So they're basically like piñatas, but instead of fun candy, they have not fun histamines. And so the mast cells patrol the body every day to protect us from invaders. They do an awesome job from pollen, viruses, et cetera. But when we have a magnesium deficiency, the mast cell is not as strong. It's a little, it's like a balloon. It's like a weakened piñata or a weakened balloon. And then you come in contact with the dog. You come in contact with stress. Your mom told you to put your iPad away, whatever. The mast cell explodes, releases the histamines. Now the histamines go to the nose in some people, but that's allergies, go to the brain in other people, which is going to make you irritated, brain fog, can't sleep, ADHD symptoms. Or it can go right to the skin where we're gonna have the bleeding, itching, scratching, oozing situation. So magnesium helps stabilize the mast cells, which are part of the immune system. Another thing is stress is a huge, huge, underrecognized toxin and contributor to eczema. And if we don't control our anxiety and our stress, our skin's gonna flare no matter the dietary changes, the pooping you're doing, et cetera. Totally. And so taking magnesium, it helps decrease your muscle tension. Because as you're more tense and more stressed, you increase the tension, right? You're like the neck hurts and your upper body is stiff and you have back pain and all that. So that helps decrease that. Also, magnesium works on the GABA. GABA is a neurotransmitter. There's a receptor. So the magnesium and this GABA receptor, blah, blah, thing out together. And what it does, it helps the brain shut it down. That's that
0: excitatory neurotransmitter activity. We love GABA. GABA's a, yes. a awesome. They, they do like to hang out together, GABA and magnesium.
1: And so if we don't have enough of it, we're too excited. When we have an adequate amount, we're chilling out. And now those are really, really important. The other thing is that magnesium decreases the release of cortisol. So if you have a magnesium deficiency, you get more cortisol. Cortisol comes from the adrenals, it's a gland on top of the kidneys, and the cortisol is responsible for fight or flight. Somebody puts a gun to your head, cortisol goes up as it needs to, so you can get the heck out of Dodge. And so you can run fast, you do all you think, get in the way. Well, that's fine and well, but when the body has cortisol level is always high, because as you always say, Dr. Roseanne, which is my favorite, stress is stress. So in you know, my life, my kids were over scheduled because I wanted them to be in foreign languages and do piano and do drama and do school and not be on electronics. And so we would run them from an activity to an activity to an activity. And even though that's positive and they are happy and excited about it and we're excited, it's still a stress on the family and the system, because in the end, cortisol. Is just cortisol. It's not the fun cortisol and the mean cortisol. It doesn't know the difference between good or bad stress. Yeah. Right, right. So magnesium in all those scenarios, by improving your stress and relaxation, by helping you poop, by helping you sleep, just to name only a few of the things, it helps rebalance the body so the skin can heal. And how do you become magnesium deficient? Well, medications make you magnesium deficient. Stress, my friends, the more stressed we are, the more magnesium deficient we are. You can't keep
0: up with those kind of stressors. And once you're in the fight, flight, or freeze, you need a lot of magnesium to help rebalance your system. You're probably going to need other things. You're going to go through a lot of nutrients, but it's so important to help all those systems you just talked about. So for
1: sure, you know, we need a lot. Right. And a lot of people were like, because in our current world, we put a steroid on and your skin is better in 24 hours temporarily. And you have ADHD, so you take Ritalin, so your your focus is better in 30 minutes. We have been trained to think that anything we offer to the body is going to be better in 24 hours. And a lot of people are like, oh, I know functional medicine, integrative medicine, it takes time, we know. And then two weeks in, they're like, it's not working, nothing's working. <laughs> Nothing is working. And hey, I'm like, man, I but I gave it two weeks. I'm like, yeah. eh, eh, right. The bucket is way empty. and." Is it a sieve? Because is the bucket filled? Did you control the rest of your stress, your anxiety? You're all chill. You're all Zen. You are yogi now. And you're taking magnesium at the doses that are needed for your body. Okay. okay. But most people continue on with their stress and they take the magnesium. So basically they just take it and pee it out. And so they're like, but I'm not seeing any difference. I'm like, right. Because a supplement cannot outperform the changes in your diet and changes in your lifestyle. If you don't change anything, you just take a supplement. You're just basically making you do the same behavior
0: over and over. I mean, what's going to happen?
1: You expensive pee and poop.
0: (laughs) I know. I mean, and, you know, magnesium is one of those nutrients where when you do take it, you do feel calm. I know that that's part of why I almost attacked a TSA agent when he tried to take my magnesium away. Because I was like,
1: oh, my God, I'm not going to sleep. I need that on video. I need that on video on Instagram. Why wasn't that there?
0: Well, I... I I charm talked them into letting me keep it. But um, I was so freaked out by that, that I carry like two or three different types of magnesium in different places in my stuff when I travel, because I was like, oh, I can never have that happen again. But there is an immediate calming effect. But you're right. I mean, you can't just do one thing and expect, oh, yeah, my skin's going to be great, or I'm not going to have anxiety, or I'm not going to have that. You have to have lifestyle changes and behavioral changes, right? Stress needs coping skills. And we need, healthy ways to manage good and bad stress. And it's something that we need to do every day. We can't just say, oh yeah, I'm just going to run on empty. And especially like a lot of moms listen to this and we've both been guilty of running on empty for our kids. And especially when our kids are having a hard time, you have to fill up your cup for yourself, but also to role model good ways of managing stress. And certainly magnesium is a great way. It's a tool, but it's a piece, right? Like, I love that you said, like, is there is there a hole in your bucket, basically? Like, you keep putting stuff in your bucket, but, you know, how are you going to really adopt this into your, add it into your life, you know, I think is an important part. But it is such an important nutrient for the skin. And talk about, Using your tools, not just magnesium, but when you're supporting people in a holistic way to approach eczema and skin conditions, where do people start? What do they do? What are things that you feel like? Okay. Here's some myths. Here's some tips. What's the best advice that you have for somebody who's really struggling with
1: eczema? So the first place we begin is, is found the foundation, which is nutrition. And I'll say that before that, for people that are uh, joined my online program, the first thing we actually do is we go through your family history. We Actually, I teach you how to go through your family history and birth history and all the things. And I help you pinpoint exactly the various things that contributed to this eczema situation. And it's very empowering to be able to do that exercise because then you're like, okay, I am seeing how all this came together rather than like. Just minding my own business and now I have a child with eczema. You know, it's like we need to know kind of, and it's not a blame game, it's just, okay, we like to be detectives. We like to know what happens. So that's powerful. But you're not in my online program. So we're going to do nutrition. Nutrition is a cornerstone. If you skip nutrition, nothing's going to work because right. people go, nah, but what's the supplement? Don't even think about it. Nutrition is the cornerstone. The first thing in nutrition is processed foods. A lot of people know about dairy. And so they're like, I'm dairy free. And some people know about gluten. They're like, I'm gluten free. But they don't attack. Mm, the pro-. You can't skip steps. You cannot skip steps. That's why I do things in a very systematic way. You can go, you know, you can not learn how to read and you're reading chapters without learning the letters. Okay, I mean, of was, course, right? Yeah, right. You like got to
0: get your phonics in place before you start okay. reading. Exactly.
1: So starting with processed foods, because my friends, organic Gatorade is dairy-free, gluten-free. Mm-hmm. It's organic. It has all the things. Okay. Complete garbage for your skin. So we have Oreos, by the way, are also gluten-free and dairy-free, also garbage for our skin because we got to look at food coloring, additives, preservatives. All those are a major trigger, tons of research on this on PubMed. And then we got to go to sugar. You cannot have a diet that's dairy-free and gluten-free and then we're sugar. I can't tell you how many kids come in on a very restricted diet and the mom's like, I feel so bad. Of course, I'm letting them have cookies, but they're this free, that free, the other thing free, the other thing free, but they're full of sugar. And I was like, whoa, we cannot skip steps. So we have to decrease our added sugar to less than 24 grams a day. And that's for the general people. If you're dealing with a chronic disease, I'll argue you should be less than 12 grams of added sugar a day. A simple exercise so nobody freak out is we're going to just look at the food they eat. Just start turning it around and start looking because you have to be a detective first. You have to find the problem before you fix the problem. And then turn around, turn around your peanut butter, your ketchup, your cereal, your Pop-Tarts and see how much added sugar. And fun fact, the FDA has now regulated that on the label, they put added sugar section, So you can just quickly refer to added sugar. You don't even need to know about the tricky stuff. Let's just do some basics. Fruits, which is the first question I get. Are not considered part of added sugar. Knock yourself out with fruits. It's, we'll leave that alone for now. And then, honey, even though it's unfiltered, local, and amazing, it's still added sugar, my guys. And even maple syrup that may be from the best maple tree in Canada also added sugar. It is better than sugar, but it's still added sugar. So right. we've got you have to, to
0: use it in in moderation. Like you're not right. having cupcakes every day. day. You know what I All mean? Right. Like, All but right. when but when you want to make a dessert, you can. And you know. It. Enjoy. Yeah,
1: so, and what I tell my families, because, you know, people get very bent out of shape, like, oh, they're my out of
0: shape, sister.
1: Right. Well, then they're like, you know, we have their have eczema. So they're already sad. We want to make them happy with sugar. I'm like, no, they would just be happy if their skin wasn't bleeding. That's really where happiness is. The sugar is not making them happy because it's making them happy for 20 minutes until it drops again. And now they're angry and throwing themselves on the floor. Any all. So I talked to, to all the folks, I'm like, it's a sugar budget. Just like we have a money budget, we have a sugar budget. Here's your budget. Start with 24 grams of added sugar a day. Okay, you want the cookie? Well, we're not going to eat the sweetened yogurt. Okay, you want the sweetened yogurt? or Well, we're not going to have cereal. And so, or have the children choose? Do you want this or this? Because this and, is what they like. And that's
0: and that's so great for mental health to give them the power of choice. So you know, everyone always—I'm sure you get the same questions. Like people always want to ask, like, why do my kids, you know, follow along? I'm like, you know, they like the other stuff. I mean, that's what's available. You're, You're just not That eat.
1: guy is because Doritos are delicious. If cinnamon toast crunch was a little more disgusting. My job would be so much easier, but oh no, the mm-hmm. food chemists know what they're doing. The billions of dollars of food oh, industry sure they spends do. on this is so they get our taste buds addicted. So when a holistic pediatrician, I'm, I'm using air quotes on podcasts, is very effective. When a holistic pediatrician comes in and is like, you already decrease your sugar, everybody is like, you're full of doo-doo because my kids are not going to eat. I promise you. They will. I promise you. Well, you know, my thing
0: is, I have a mom with five autistics and she got her kids to go sugar-free, dairy-free, gluten-free. So I'm like, listen, if she can do it, you know, and again, no judgment. You do what you can. You start out, you start small. You. I always say you walk into the pool. You don't have to jump into the deep end, but get there. You can learn to swim there, you know, and and even a 25% change makes a difference. Like, yeah.
1: A lot of people are like, oh, I can't do any of it. So I'm not going to. I'm like, no. You know, when I started changing my kids diet, I didn't go all in and removed. All. Actually, what I did for my kids, I started with, we're going to, you're allowed to have your cinnamon toast crunch. My kids were eating all the things, guys, all the things. So I know what I'm saying. And they were played by chronic disease. But so instead of going, no, you can't have your cinnamon toast crunch. What I did was, I was like, well, we're going to make a smoothie. And my first smoothie was milk, full milk, full fat milk, ice cream vanilla ice cream and (laughs) strawberries. because i told my kids i was like listen if you have a strawberry ice cream milkshake for breakfast what do you guys think before your cinnamon toast crunch they were like game on her she lost her mind and i was like all right because my whole thing was like if it's let me get the taste right and once i got the taste right i started removing the ice cream and replacing it with vanilla yogurt And over time, I removed the vanilla yogurt, replaced it with whole fat Greek yogurt and added honey. And then instead of the strawberries, I added a little mango and then a leaf of spinach and a little piece of avocado. And as long as the smoothie tasted like strawberry ice cream milkshake, they didn't care. And we started with tiny doses like shot glasses because we don't want to overwhelm the people. And then over time, I did bigger, bigger glasses with more and more plant points in there and less and less of the added sugar. And they stopped. Wanting the cereal, it would sit initially. They would have a little bit, then they stopped eating altogether. But I didn't say no. I just said, you need to eat this first. The same thing for snacks. If you want a packaged snack, I didn't get rid of the goldfish immediately and the, the Doritos. No, no. I was like, mm, before a packaged snack, you need a fruit or a vegetable. And they're like, we don't want to eat a fruit, but I'm like, great. Well, you're not hungry. And they're yeah. like, we are. I'm like, no, nope, you're not because you would eat something and no one is going to die from not eating snacks. We need three meals a day, not eating for three hours. No one is going to perish, I promise. But that was a yes culture that slowly over time, I started changing out the goldfish and the Doritos and all the other stuff. But that was but first I started with a yes approach. So let's give them more food rather than like can't that, can't, no, 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 can't, no, no, because that is really overwhelming for a child. That's what's not fun. Yeah. Sugar in itself is not the problem. It's a no, 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 that's the problem.
0: Hey, parents, look, can you turn those? stressful days into moments of calm focus? Well, that's exactly why I created Neurotastic Multimag Brain Formula. It's the brain booster that helps kids and parents stay centered and sharp. It's not magic, it's science, and it's just a spoonful away. Bring the balance with Neurotastic. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium to get special subscribe and save discounts with, of course, amazing gifts. DrRoseanne.com forward slash magnesium. Well, and especially when you have a kid, whether they have eczema or ADD or PANS, PANDERS or OCD, And they're struggling. They're struggling in a lot of ways. You know, they need a sense of control for mental health. And so this is a good way to give mental control. And everybody's different. And you have to do what works for best for you. And, you know, some of our kids have sensory defensiveness, and that's a whole other level. And then I have kids that have germ phobias around their food because they have OCD. And always going to a professional, but starting somewhere. I always say, like, stop saying one day, make today... Day one, and I really believe all of these things have to be a family, you know, initiative. Oh. Because when you isolate one kid, oh my gosh, it's it's bad. So it's
1: like, fix that one. What's wrong with this one? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, I'm like, wait, everyone around them is eating Chick fil A, but they're not. So now they're like, so, oh But that's not fun. If that's no, not fun. Chick-fil-A, and it creates division, not, right? But then that's when childhood is not fun, and it's not the Chick fil A. It's just they got left out. But yes. if everyone is eating the same in the family. I mean, it makes the, you know, let me tell you something. When we first started our, um, wellness journey, my husband was an orthopedic surgeon and I, we fought over food for five years. Five years, guys. I got it. Five years. He was my hardest. You know, when we talk about selective eaters, yeah, the, um, the 35 year old was the most challenging. Anyway, so he would be like, I want my cheese, and I need my kids because I've worked so hard, so I deserve to eat like this. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Anyway, so I started changing the kids' diet over and over. John and I would fight in the background, whatever. He eventually would go, I am a perseverer. I, I am so persistent and I'm relentless that the man just <laughs> has to give it at some point. He's like, I've never been with anyone that's so tenacious. I was like, Because when the mama warrior, you guys know what I'm saying, when the mama warrior has a mission, I mean, just get out of the way. And thank you,
0: Dr. Anna Maria, for sharing that, because so much of my work, I tell the parents I work with at a minimum of 80% of the time, the parents I work with, the biggest part of what I have to do is actually getting the parents even close to viewing issues in the same way and then taking the action on it. And so many couples are in strife over what's the next step, particularly when we delve down this holistic realm Because sometimes, you know, my moms are like PhDs in Google MDs. The dads may not have done the same research or they're getting down, you know, distilled versions of it and they need to have their own education. So it's important to give them accurate information about what the steps are and and the solutions because otherwise it's a lot of friction. And when your kid is struggling and then your marriage, you start struggling over that. It's a poop show.
1: Right. And then, and then, so then now food now has become more stressful. So we're trying to change, right? So we're trying to change a diet that's inflaming the body. So we've removed the inflammatory foods, but we've raised the stress in the household so high that we've just counteracted anything that we have done with food because now everyone is at war over the whole thing. And I'll tell you, when my husband got on the same page with me, once that happened, smooth sailing. And by smooth sailing, I mean all the bumps in the road. I'm just saying like we stopped fighting. Yeah. That's not, not saying that this was like a walk. But it was walk. a lot easier. Oh, my God. It was yeah. so much easier. Yeah. I didn't have to discuss because when I would replace the food, because I, I went after the cheeses, and then I would go after the Ritz crackers and then I went after the Gold. But as I was go, as I was once we were on the same page, as I would replace a product instead of the major adult tantrum that would occur and the name blaming that would happen, you'd be like, ah, you know, he's his coping word was tyrannical dictatorship. <laughs> To this day, he's like, I'm still would like to start a support group for anyone that lives on a tyrannical dictatorship because <laughs> I am a survivor.
0: But, you know, it, you saw the difference that it made in your kids in, you know, in all aspects of them. And, and you felt different, too, right?
1: right? Well, she felt different. Of course. So different. Mm-hmm. And he's seen the changes that happen in my patients that he wrote the Ending the Eczema Epidemic book. The orthopedic surgeon wrote the book, The the Eczema Epidemic, because he was like, I can see it. It took time. It took effort. It took years of work. But all I'm saying is like, he was able to change his diet. He feels so much better. He's noticing that he just kept chucking up to, I'm just getting older. I was an athlete in college. All the excuses. He's like, oh, wow, actually, okay, so you can be 50 and your joints don't have to hurt. Wow. Okay. So you don't have to have daily um, hives. He would have daily hives on his body if he missed a dose of Zyrtec. And he was like Zyrtec dependent. He's like, oh, oh, you don't have. okay. he was having blood pressure issues, no more blood pressure issues. I mean, yeah, man, people
0: have the enlightening what, you know, and like, unfortunately, a lot of people go down this path because there's a pain point. There's definitely we both of us have followings of parents that I already was holistic. See, my kids weren't eating Cheetos and things like that. But (laughs) I always say when you find me dead by my car, it's a Cheetos executive is going to be out there or whatever. But anyway, that's a joke about all these holistic practitioners that are that are being killed anyway. It's it's this thing on the internet. Look it up. It is a hard journey where we don't want to make light of it. But when you do go down that path, even if it's because of something bad, right? Something your kid is struggling or you're, you're struggling, there is a beauty in it because you fix from the inside. And yes, you can support your skin. Yes, you can change your mental health. There's just so many things that happen when you put the right nutrients in. And it does start with diet, Anna Maria. I mean, it really does. And As much as I love magnesium and vitamin D and zinc, you know, like some of those essential fatty acids and probiotic, you know, like those are like probably the best. Of course, you can't methylfolate and stuff like that for my MTHFRs like me. But there are some real essentials that no matter how much we get through diet that often people need to supplement. There are signs and, you know, magnesium is one of those that and there's different kinds of magnesiums and they're all good and they all have a purpose. And, but there definitely are some ones that are better for your brain, like L3 and A and glycinate and magnate. Um, citrate is great too, but it's really known for pooping. And then there's sulfate for your bath. And, but it is important for people to recognize supplements can help, but lifestyle changes is really where it's at. If you were to, if. Talk to a parent for the first time who is really thinking about natural solutions for eczema or anything with help, because you're really a well-known pediatrician helping people all over the world. What would you want somebody to know about this? What do you feel like is you know for anybody who's unsure? What do you wish everybody knew that you're often explaining
1: to people that you need to have a provide a professional that's who's working with you that has your kind of mindset. So if you see a professional whose mindset is eczema is a skin condition, all we have to offer is steroids. You've reached their limit. If you go to the next professional, they're like, okay, yes, steroids for now, but then dupixent. But don't worry because we have dupixent. Well, that's their limitation because they're not going to search other options because they have already set their mind to the dupixin. They've already set their mind to the topical steroids. So when you bring in, well, what about vitamin D? What about zinc, omega-3s, to your point? They're going to be like, well, there's not that much research. And it's not, they haven't looked at Because why would you look at the research if you believe in dupixin? If you think dupixin is the answer to all people with eczema, you are going to maybe look at one article on vitamin D and dismiss it. Because again, you found the Mecca, even though it's not 100% for 100% of the people. I can't tell you how many people in my programs come on Depix and they come off. there. like, actually, think this is working versus Dupix and was not doing a whole, maybe decrease the itch a little bit, but the eczema was still on fire. So my point is mindset is key. If you believe that your child will get better with a different approach, your child will get better with a different approach. If you don't believe, yeah. right? If you don't believe, which is OK, everyone is on their journey where they're supposed to be. You're not a bad parent if you feel one way or the other. But if you feel that traditional medicine and meds are the right path for you, that's what's going to happen. And you're going to poop with the other stuff. And when you're with a partner, we see that in the homes, right? When one partner is like, no, but we can do this with less meds and we might need meds just in the meantime until we fix the insides. And then we are going to come off meds. And you have one partner that's like, Nope, that's BS. That's BS. That's BS. Well that is very defeating because nothing is going to work mindset and how we approach it, how we put it into the universe. If you're spiritual, if you're religious, doesn't matter. Whatever your thing is, if you start on a positive mindset, know that this is what's going to heal my children. That is what's going to help. And again, there's going to be bumps in the Of course, Are you going to end up doubting yourself? Yes. And do you need to know all the steps on how you do it? No. When I changed my children's lives is on it one day, I was like, there's no way my children are going to be on these many meds for the rest of their life. All my kids were on chronic meds. My youngest one was on five meds. He was two years old. They told me that the only next step is allergy shots. And I was like, under no circumstances is a two-year-old going to have allergy shots. And that day, I was like, "We are going to be done with medications. I'm going to turn this around." I didn't know how I was going to do it. I Had no plan. Had no plan. I did not know the second step. I was like, "I just know that this is not the rest of my children's I'm story." A
0: medical doctor, which I want people to understand. Know. You know what I mean? I like, know. So yeah, that's all I
1: knew was meds. All right. I knew was meds and right. more meds. That's all I you get know. trained
0: for. And I think that's shocking for people. You know, to understand that you bring up two really important points, Anna-Marie, that I don't want to miss. So one is parent empowerment. You are freaking in charge, people. You are the, SC, the the CEO of your family care. And I want you to know that even though you may be nervous about that, but you know a lot more than you realize. And two, expert care. Just because somebody has a degree or a title doesn't mean they truly are an expert. If you really are a top-notch expert, you're going to be doing things like, hello, you and I getting the Google Alerts every day on research and looking at our research and being open and going to conferences and really diving deep. Yes, there is a place. Integrative care means that you're looking at Western and Eastern methodologies. You're looking at research. End of story and seeing what works. I love that you said if that person, that's all they do, right? If they only recommend ADD meds or they only do talk therapy or they only recommend medication for eczema, that is their limit. That is all that they do. And, you know, as holistic practitioners, we take a 360 approach. And we're looking all the time at what best supports. And I can tell people, I have worked with over 10,000 people that you, the people that do the best are people who really take a root cause approach. And it's not easy. There's a lot of things there's a lot of dysfunction in systems when things go on for a long time if if babies are getting eczema is, onset is typically between three to six months. Most people aren't really fully addressing it if it's going into adulthood at least one out of five you know it's it's taking a long time and and there's a lot of things that build with that so start somewhere, be consistent and being a holistic approach, you do have to start with diet, whether people like it or not. If it's not, doesn't have to be a hundred percent, it's great if it is, but just be kind to yourself. If it starts out that it's 10 or 20% of the time and you keep moving up like Dr. Anna Maria, you're going to get there because you're going to say, wow, I feel better when I eat like this. I feel terrible when I have a Cinnabon and you start just using your common sense, but be empowered. You, you had so many like great tidbits for people with eczema, you had so many beautiful benefits about magnesium and how it helps people. But I think one of the biggest take- so takeaways for me is just that no matter what's going on, just like that time when you said, oh, my gosh, they're going to make my son go on allergy shots. No, if something isn't working, don't keep doing the same thing. Find a solution that fixes it.
1: So many other, so many things out there. And the reason I agree with what you said about fine, working with somebody that has already sifted through a lot of the information, no That's one right. has sifted through everything, but sometimes there's so much information out there and we live in a DIY world. And because the modern medicine approaches, is like a discount, they, they discount how severe eczema is. It's only a little bit, don't with worry about it, I'll grow yeah. it. So then the parents are like, well, I guess I'm doing DIY because let me tell you something. If somebody tells you you have cancer... You're not DIYing that. You're like, right? But with eczema, we're like, they're going to outgrow. It's a skin thing. And so then we're perusing the information on how to do a DIY. And what I see happening is because there's no systematic approach. And because eczema is up and down, there's no such thing as a straight, linear recovery. You're going to have bumps in the road over and over again. People start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Let me try this. Let me try that. Let me try a little this. Let me try that. And then by the time they get to me, it's a mess. Because now they're stressed out of their mind. Now their partner probably is like, that's a whole bunch of BS, nothing's working. I'm like, of course it's not working because it's all over the place. And so finding whatever the chronic issue is, finding somebody that speaks your language, that hears you and sees you and understands that you're the parent and that what you observe matters the most and take into account all your needs and your child's needs, plus integrating all the information that is out there your anxiety and stress are going to be so much less. You
0: need professional and, guidance. Oh my I God. Mean,
1: you just spend, do. you would spend so much less money in the end. I know, There's so, much so less time Because the DIY stuff, it just stresses us out without, we don't even realize it. So just being cognizant, number one, is there a different approach? Are you okay with a different approach? Is there someone that's speaking your language? And if while you're doing all those things, take a look at the nutrition, see what's happening. How many processed foods? You know, what do you know and how do you know it's a processed food? If you can't read the ingredients, Mm -hmm. so if you can't read it, don't eat it.
0: That's right. That's it. That's That's a great, it's a great simple way, but yeah, it's important to find a trusted guide and we all like to do things ourselves, but I know that I, when I need something, I go to a professional. It's not just a cost savings. It's a pain savings because when your kid is suffering every day, they suffer is another day that knocks their self-esteem, that they're hurt. And also us worried mama bears, holy moly. You know, I mean, I had a mother yesterday. I was like, you got to she refuses to take care of herself. And I was like, I literally can't help you anymore. You refuse to take care of yourself. I'm here with you. You know, like, let's let's do this, you know? And there's a lot to be said with professional guidance. And you definitely are an amazing expert in eczema. I appreciate so much of what you do. And we'll definitely have links in our show notes for people that want to get a hold of you. And thank you so much for sharing. I, I actually learned a lot about eczema. Again, it's a common issue that I see tied to mental health later mental health problems. And so thank you for validating that with some statistics. And, you know, and as I always say, wherever you are in your journey is exactly where you need to be. But take one step towards natural solutions and stick with it, people. Don't do it for three days and be like, it didn't work. At least 30 days is my rule of thumb. Anyway, I appreciate you so much, Dr. Anna Maria. Thank you for all that you're doing in the world to help people live healthier lives.
1: This has been so great. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. You too.
0: Parenting is so hard and there are so many ups and downs. And you know what? When our kid has a laundry list of stuff from skin conditions to ADHD to food intolerances, you don't know where to start. But I hope you had a big aha moment or many aha moments of today's episode because we really dug into just how important identifying root causes are and how our skin can be such a reflection of what's going on in the inside. Just know it's going to be okay when you take one step towards natural solutions. And today we talked about so many. So just pick one and get going.